Hi, I'm Melanie Bierling, postdoc at Caltech and creative director of Deep Convection. And today I'm here with some good news. Adam and I are about to launch season two of Deep Convection. The first episode will be released in a week. And to give you some Vorfreude, as we say in German, that's a cheerful mood in anticipation of a positive event in the future. And yes, the Germans do actually have a word for that. And I really think English speakers should adopt this word. Adam and I thought that we would release something like an episode zero, where we talk a bit about his experience making Deep Convection, his motivation and goals, what he has learned, his favorite episode, and also a bit of a sneak preview of season two. Before we start, I want to take a moment to thank our listeners. It is great to know that the podcast has found an audience, and we love it when people get in touch with us and let us know what they like or don't like about it. We hope that our audience will grow even more. So if you like Deep Convection, please tell a friend about it or leave us a nice review. The reviews really help people find the podcast. And last but definitely not least, a big thank you to the outstanding group of people at Duotone Audio Group. They do our editing and sound engineering and we're very grateful to have their help. It makes the podcast much better. So now, without further ado, here's my conversation with Adam. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Thanks. So, yeah, these calendar dates are kind of arbitrary, but I still find that the beginning of a new year is always a good time to reflect on what was happening in the past year and also to look ahead and make plans for the year to come. Yeah. Yeah. So, so last year, um, we released the first season of Deep Convection. And now we are actually about to launch season two. Right. Uh, this is already something to look forward to this year. Yeah. And I want to talk a little about your motivation for making deep convection and yeah. if and how it has changed. Yeah. And for that, I thought I might be quoting from your blurb on the website in which you say, Deep convection is therapeutic, a chance to talk with friends and colleagues through the purpose and meaning of being a scientist at a time when so much, and especially climate, has become intensely political and the relationship between science and the rest of society is contentious and unstable. So, yeah. Adam, how has therapy been going for you? Right. Doing this has been therapeutic. For me, I mean, I can't speak for the guests, but the, the microphone somehow, I guess with some, some people can be inhibited by a microphone, but with our guests, I've found that it does the opposite. I mean, people are very, have been very open and causes me to be open too. And it, I, it gets a lot out there that I think wouldn't come out. Not only the microphone, but also just the fact of having a long conversation, sitting down with one other person to have a long conversation. And, yeah. uh, we don't do that so much these days even apart from covid i mean for you know it's just not so so typical anymore so I, long conversations yeah long focused conversations that's true yeah i don't know how focused they are but they 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 can be a bit rambly but that but but i wouldn't want them to be more focused i mean they you know they go where they go and and uh, i mean focused in the sense that this is all you're doing you know, yeah, yeah. For that yeah. hour or two, you're sitting there and talking to somebody right. about your life and your work and your thoughts and ideas. Right, right. But I mean, but part of our plan was always that it's this is not a work of journalism. I mean, I don't come in with a 
a list of questions or, you know, maybe I have like three, but, you know, <laughs> that's not very many for an hour, you know, two hour conversation. So, you know, it, um, they're organic conversations in it. And that, I think that's what makes them as therapeutic as they are. Yeah. Um, you know, and it, it, as you know, I, I've been sort of struggling at this point in my career and my life with sort of what our science means, what it's good for, whether it's serving the purposes we might have thought it should serve in in the world. And, um, you know, and it, it it's been very good to think through those things with such a great group of colleagues and friends and um and it's definitely clarified some things one of which is that i'm not particularly special i mean i think the the the, the thing i've been struggling with is you know that I, I i got into this field just because the the basic reason is as i think most of us do i i just like doing science it was kind of a pure intellectual pursuit and in a way it was an escape from you know science is a thing you could do that for those of us who are good at it and like to do it it's a it, it's an escape from the the sort of slings and arrows of the larger world and um but at the same time if we chose this field it was also out of some feeling that maybe it would would be helpful to the larger society and and you know i started to wonder how true that really was in the last few years yeah for um, most people it turned out to be not the primary mo motivation, like the the desire to to help somehow, right? Right. It was really more pure, like interest, curiosity, interest in science. Yeah, that drove them. I mean, I actually I feel like it's perfectly uh, fine if people are just in for the science, and that that's yeah. part of what our goal was with this podcast. Also, show right, show show science, or more so show the process of how science is done and the fact that it's done by scientists and that it's not just this collection of results and this, you know, this thing, science says this, science says that. It's science is, is a community of, of people. Yeah. And they have lives also outside of work. You know, the, 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 the philosophers and, his, and sociologists and historians of science teach us that science is a human endeavor. It's not, there's not a pure scientific method where we work in isolation just with the data. We, it's a social, you know, it's a social activity that's inextricably part of it. And, and it's, I, I feel like in these conversations, we're exploring that aspect in a very concrete way because we're talking about people and event and real events and, um, the randomness and of it all also, sometimes. the randomness of yeah. it, the personalities, but also the real the real particularities of actually doing this job, which has its frustrations, but it's still a great a great job to have. And uh, you know, the other thing I've got out of it was just a sort of feeling a bond with all these people of that we're doing something that, even if we're not solving the world's problems, at least we're hopefully coming up with a few little bits of new knowledge, and there's some joy in that and in doing that and in doing it, you know, together. Do you do you actually have a have a favorite episode um, in season one? I don't. You know, I, I really honestly feel very good about all of them. There's not a one that I don't truly appreciate for itself. But um, the focus of the season was Mark Kane, 
most of the other guests had something to do with him. I have something to do with him. He's a mentor to me uh, in my 20 years here. And, and, uh, and, and he's just a wonderful mentor and a great storyteller. So, you know, those two with him, uh, are the ones that to me are, if not my favorites, at least the, the focus of the, of this season and the, and the whole first year that we did this. And, um, and I love those episodes, um, you know, very much and uh, really glad that he did it yeah also the warmth of his personality comes through so nicely i think yeah and also the science i mean the 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 warmth of the personality but also his uh, unique perspective on the science political thing i mean the fact that he was in the civil rights movement he was young and he's still you know very socially conscious person and has thought a lot about how his science interacts with that and his science evolved over the years to be more socially conscious he's done a lot of usable science quote unquote in the last decade or two but also just the story of the coming up with that enso model is just an uh, uh, unparalleled story of scientific achievement um both in how how important the work was but also just all the things around it and 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 making it public and and turning to forecasting and 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 um all the different dimensions of it so yeah a lot of great stories in those um, let's talk about the upcoming season two. Uh, I don't, I don't want to give away the entire guest list, um, but let's let's just say that uh, three episodes were recorded pre-COVID, and um, two of these three episodes, um, the interviews with uh, Sulojana Gakil and Vishal Vasan, uh, were recorded in India about a year ago. Um, can you tell us a little bit about how that happened? Yeah. Um... Over the last five years, I've been to India a bunch of times. I've probably spent a couple of, I don't know, two or three months there altogether over the last five years. And um, so I got to know these people. Actually, Sulachana Gadgil, I've known since long before I ever went to India. She was on the board, I think the visiting or some management external board of the IRI here at Columbia um, since almost as long as I've been here. Um, so she had visited a bunch of times and so I, and, and she and Kane are old friends. And so I've known her a long time. Um, and, uh, one of my reasons for going back now is that we're, my colleagues and I have, are doing a project, um, sponsored by the Indian government for something called the monsoon mission. And she's been involved in that. So I've been talking to her a lot and I knew she was just a ideal, uh, guest for this podcast because she's, um, she's a talker. She's a talker. She's a, a force of nature, amazing <laughs> personality. Quite the she, character, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she's a great scientist uh, with a long and distinguished career, but she's also a very opinionated person and somebody who is, as you say, is not shy about saying what she thinks. So that was, you know, I knew I wanted to do that one. There was no question, you know, um, about that. And then Vishal Vasan is a much younger guy who I met, um, actually met him in India, the uh, about four or five years ago. Uh, but he, I actually know him be, through a colleague here, Kyle Manley, because they were in grad school together. Vishal actually got his PhD in this uh, master's and PhD in the United States and then went back to India. So he knew, so we had a mutual colleague here, uh, although we met in Mumbai. So I, and he's been to visit uh, Columbia once or twice since then. So I knew him and he also... It's just an extremely articulate and thoughtful person. And he um, uh, 
So, you know, I just knew he'd be good to do it. He's done some public science communication too. And he's even toyed with the idea of doing his own podcast. So I thought, you know, that would be a good one. And he's, uh, you know, was willing to talk about his own career and, um, and political things as well as science. You know, with his second season, we didn't really have a focus as much as we did in the first, but I think one focus that will be there, not in all the episodes, but in some of them, is the sort of international dimension of our field and the and the trajectories as people bounce around the world. Um, and Vishal is a really good example of that. He talked a lot about how he's, you know, his confusion at having lived so many places that he didn't really know where he's from. Yeah, and, moving um, around a lot. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's a lot of scientists and academics who have that to some degree. I mean, he's, you know, he, he's particularly uh aware of it <laughs> uh, yes. uh but so anyway i the, you know i just I, I was going into anyway i was there for about a month this time no maybe three weeks and um i you know we were had just finished the first season and i was just i thought it'd be a great opportunity this of course was before covid happened and so we still had the policy that we weren't going to do these remotely and so i thought okay while i'm in india this is an un- amazing opportunity to do a couple of interviews um that to take advantage of the fact that I'm there and I could do them with people there. Of course, now we've started doing them remotely and now it seems like you don't really have to be anywhere. Yeah. I, I um, personally, I'm definitely also looking forward to the time when we'll be able to travel again. Yeah. I, yeah. For that reason also, I really like these two India episodes. I mean, it would be, I mean, of course you don't have the counterfactual. We don't know how they would have turned out if you had done them over zoom, but yeah, especially Gatgal. It was so it was so impressive. Is yeah, how forceful she is, and and yeah, just the character. It's it's amazing. <laughs> well, Zoom versus not Zoom is one thing, but the other thing is when you're doing an interview in a very foreign country. You know, um, I mean, one of the things that's so amazing to me about doing these interviews in India is one of the great things about our community, you know, of scientists is that it really is global. I mean, you can go anywhere in the world, you or I can go anywhere in the world and we can email the people in the local academic department or government lab in our field and say, can I come by and talk to you about science? And you can do it, right? And yet you can step outside and be in another world from where you live. Like when you're in the office talking to that person, it doesn't almost doesn't matter. We really have similar training and similar set of concerns, even though the, you know, the details of our lives may be very different. And so, yeah. yeah, that is. True. And so, it, but to be in India, you know, it. I I don't know how much difference it makes to them, but to me, it makes a big difference because I'm in their place, and I see the environment that they work in, and I can't say what impact that has on those conversations. I don't really know, but it it certainly makes me more aware of like when they start talking about the conditions in the country. Just being there and reading the bloody newspaper for a couple of weeks, you know, made me know a little bit more some of the things they bring up and. Yes, and especially in India. I mean, I one thing I found really interesting about about these interviews is, is that, well, especially in in the Gautil interview, that there is. It made me realize that there's actually quite some Western bias in the global discussion about oh, yeah. environmental issues. Because if you talk to them, you, you've, it's very clear for them that yes, global climate change is a problem. Yes, no doubt about that. But at the same time. We have bigger fish to fry or more urgent fish to fry now. Yeah. For example, air pollution. Yeah. And 
yeah, I mean, Solotana Gatgil was very adamant about that. Yeah, the, the politics of what our science means in the context of the broader conversation is very different there than here. It is, it is interesting. Um, there are still, the, the left and right don't mean the same thing. Yeah, the, there's a strange mapping from <laughs> politics here to politics there. All right. Is there anything else uh, you want to say about season two? Um, yeah, no, not really. It's, I mean, the, overall, it's the, the basic format and style is the same. Um, people talk about their lives and then, you know, we get into various tangents and sometimes political ones. Um, there's going to be some stuff about diversity, equity, and inclusion in, in our field. There's going to be, um, yeah, other, other kinds of concerns that are not pure science and all that's good. Um, it's an excellent group of guests. A um, couple of younger ones. Last season, you were the youngest by a very, very large margin. And and this season, we have a couple who are, well, maybe a little older yeah, than you, but um, still in the junior side of things. Well. That's true. Yeah. A little more age diversity. So that's good. Yeah. Um, and some other kinds of diversity, too. So, no, I mean, I think that's all we should say. And um, and we're not quite finished recording them. Just to, I guess the one thing to say is that we've recorded most of them. So as with season one, they're all quite old by the time people will hear them. Oldies but, but goldies. Um, yep. But we're still, <laughs> yeah. And then we're not quite done. So part of the reason we're not saying who's on Because we don't have the full list yet. Yes. It's not quite finished. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it'll be a, another 10 episodes every two weeks um, mm -hmm. till we get through them. And um, All right. I think yeah. this is a, a good place to stop. Let's just let our guests speak for themselves. We'll start releasing the new episodes soon. Hope you enjoy. Thanks. <laughs>